0: This is David Gibbs with the Christian Law Association and it's a great honor and a delight for me to get to be with you today. I'm so very sorry that we can't meet in person, but the Lord knows what was coming and now we have to do this this way and I truly believe the Lord is gonna greatly use the ministry as it reaches out through these videos. I wanna talk to you about something critical in the Christian life today. It's the question of joy. Through all that we've gone through, I wonder if you can say, my joy is strong. My joy through Christ Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, Brother Gibbs, is better than it's ever been. I remember one day I was with a judge in a courtroom and during a break he called me over and he asked me a very searching question. He said, do I understand from all these witnesses you've been putting on the stand here, Mr. Gibbs, that your people have a divine ability to know real joy. Not something they produce themselves, but something that God can produce in them, that they have a divine ability. And I said, Judge, I couldn't have said it better myself. It is the fruit of the Spirit. The Bible says if we walk in the Spirit, we'll show His fruit. Love, the second one is joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, faith, hope. Joy is promised by God. I want you to listen to what the Apostle Paul said. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Acts, chapter 20, and I want to read from verse 24. Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus said, "'But none of these things move me, "'neither count I my life dear unto myself, "'so that I might finish my course,' now underline these next two words, "'so that I might finish my course with joy. "'And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. I love how I heard a pastor friend of mine say this. He said, God doesn't want you just to finish on your own. He wants you to finish on the bright side, not just the right side, the bright side, by the joy of the Holy Spirit. In this passage, God gives four keys, and I want you to mark these keys because they'll make a difference in your life. If you're like me, sometimes our joy doesn't show. And by the way, if you have real joy, you can't hide it. I've had people say to me, well, I'm joyful, it just doesn't show. No, you can't hide real joy. Joy will always show in your confidence. It'll show in your countenance. It will show in your words, in your tone. If you have children, you know they understand whether we have joy or not. But these keys help bring God's joy to us. I want you to write these three down, if you would. Number one, don't let circumstances control your joy. The world loves the word joy, but they confuse it with happiness. Happiness is not at all the same as joy. Happiness comes from happenstance. That's where we get the word, from circumstances. Unsaved people who know nothing about the power of God would say, well, man, if everything's going great, I am so happy, so happy, and if we're not careful, we get caught up in that same tide. That's not what joy is about. Joy is not the same as happiness. Look at what Paul said here, none of, things, none of these things move me. Now wait a minute, he wasn't sitting in a plush hotel with life just on cruise. He was facing incarcerations, he was facing death. He'd been beaten, shipwrecked, friends had abandoned him, he'd been betrayed, he had enemies tracking him everywhere, trying to kill him, and yet he said none of these things, all that he was with in life. Look at the verse just ahead. Save the Holy Ghost witness that in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Paul had a rough life, but he said my joy is not tied circumstances circumstances aren't going to change my joy you know what I've discovered if we're not careful if the world's happy then we're happy but when everything all of a sudden is crisis there's a pandemic there's keen financial trouble and all of a sudden we say oh my oh me and all of a sudden we're tracking the world's kind of happiness not God's joy don't ever let your joy be tied to circumstances I was in a church in Boise, Idaho, and it was a church in which they would call the choir to come up and sing at the appropriate time in the service. And as the choir was coming up, it's a large church, I was watching the people come up on the platform where I was sitting, and then I saw a young lady, looked like she was in her late teens, working her way down the aisle. She could hardly walk. Her arms were missing. Her face had been hollowed and eaten out. Something had devastated her body. They helped her up the stairs and the platform, and then I watched her sing. She sang with such fervor. She sang with such passion. She sang with such heart. You couldn't help but feel it. Oh, this lady had incredible troubles, but joy was in her heart. At the end of the service, I went down by her and I said, young lady, I want to thank you for how you sang. Your singing blessed my heart. You changed my morning. She said, oh, Brother Gibbs. She said, God has done such a wonderful thing for me. She said, I have a disease, an ailment, a skin disease that is literally eating my body. It started out with me losing my toes and then my fingers and then one foot and then both of my arms, and then up to my elbows, and then on the other arm up to my shoulder, and it's eating my face away, and it's an unstoppable disease. And Brother Gibbs, they tell me there's no hope, but I've discovered something. Everything that I thought mattered so much doesn't matter anymore. God's joy has filled my heart. God's joy has filled my soul. You say, Brother Gibbs, if that had happened to me, I don't know that I'd be joyful. You need to understand, joy is not governed by circumstance. That's happiness. Joy comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. This young lady with tears in her eyes said, If I'd have thought that it was going to be necessary for me to have this, to do a real joy, She said, I have never been more joyful in my whole life. It is the power of God. It's not tied to circumstances. It's tied to the power of the Holy Spirit. Many of you know, you've heard me speak before, that as a young boy, eight years of age, my mother contracted polio and was in the hospital for two and a half years. When my mom came home, she couldn't dress herself, she couldn't feed herself, she couldn't do anything. She had to be helped with everything. But I learned something. You couldn't hide my mother's joy. You couldn't hide the glee in her heart that was produced by the power of the Holy Spirit. Please remember this. The greatest message, Pastor, you will ever preach is people watching you go through tough circumstances. Circumstances determine happiness, but not our joy. The greatest message parents and grandparents that your kids will ever see is what they see you going through circumstances and the joy of God broadcast in your heart. I will never forget my mother a thousand times saying to me, God's been so good to us. I'm so thankful for his joy. When we would take my mom to the doctors, the doctor said, Mrs. Gibbs, You've outlived everybody that had polio with you by 20 years. And when you come in, we all want to come see you because you don't have anything that works. All of your organs are shut down. You live in intense, intense pain. But you have something that can't take that smile off your face, that can't take that, and then the doctor said this, that joy we see in your eyes. We all want it and we crowd when you're coming in to come see it. Would anybody wanna see the joy in you? Would anybody wanna see the joy in me? Remember, it's the greatest message you'll ever show this world, is the joy of God. When circumstances don't bring it about, when times can be tough, when times can be uncertain, but nothing can take away our joy, Don't you let circumstances do it. I gotta confess to you, at times I've given in to circumstances. At times I've let circumstances capture my thinking. Don't you do that. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote to the church in the city of Philippi said, the things you've heard and seen in me do. Boy, we wanna tell the world. You wanna see what Jesus means to us look at us watch how we behave circumstances don't govern us joy governs us circumstances are never going to control the child of god if we're walking in the spirit what does the future hold i don't know but what i do know is it's not going to govern our joy first key paul said none of these things move me they weren't going to govern his joy Look at the second key. Number one, don't let circumstances control. Number two, be willing to sacrifice. Be willing to give of yourself. Jesus said on the way to the cross, for the glory of the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Paul said, I'm willing to spend and be spent in 2 Corinthians 2.15. How good are you at sacrificing for others? When's the last time you said, God, I wanna be great? You say, what'd you say? Jesus said the greatest among you would be the servant of all. I wonder who the greatest Christian is listening to this. I can promise you it's not me. Because you see, I know others that are way better servants than I am. I wanna be a better servant. Nobody is a great servant by accident. Joy comes by serving. Paul, when he said that I may not count my life dear unto myself. Wow. If we're not careful, we get self-centered. We get self-focused. And all of a sudden, serving is about me and mine, my family, my church, my business. And God says, I want you to get your eyes off of you, and I want you to be the servant of all. I remember a wonderful thing. On our farm, a neighbor not far from us, kind of a cranky neighbor, somebody that never got along with anybody, suddenly came down horribly ill. And we realized their farm would be in real trouble. Their crops had not been put out. They would lose everything if those crops didn't go. And my dad came to me and he said, you know that grumpy lady down there, that grumpy farmer down there? I said, no, I sure do, boy. They've yelled at us over the years about everything and anything. My dad says, you and I are gonna go down there and we're gonna offer to put their crops in. And if we need to, we'll bring those crops in for them. We're gonna serve them, David. I said, Dad, we got our own farm to do. We got thousands of acres we need to take care of. Man, we have to work night and day to get done what we need to do. He said, I understand that. But he said, you need to understand, God's joy comes when we serve others. I said, but I, if we do it for them that, I'll bet they won't even appreciate it. He said, boy, you need to learn. Serving is not about you getting appreciation back. It's about you doing it for Jesus. If they never say thank you, if they never say we appreciate it, we're gonna do it for Jesus. I remember we went down there and and we told this lady, we'll we'll put your stuff in. And she kind of grumpy said, well, why would you want to do that? And my dad says, because we love the Lord. And we're doing it for him. You don't need to thank us. But he handed the lady a gospel tract. And he said, I trust you'll understand. We belong to him and we want to serve you. Boy, I remember... Day and night we worked to get those crops out. Now working through the night was just absolutely required because we had to work around weather and all the other things. But we got all of theirs in and all of ours in and then we had to go back and make sure we weeded it properly and get all the herbicide spread right. And then came harvest and they were still absolutely devastated so we brought all their crops in. That lady at the very end said, you know, I've watched you folks. I've been your neighbor for 30 years and you have something. My dad said, it's called joy. He said, the reason we came down here was to thank you for letting us do this for you. Remember, the person you serve doesn't owe you a thank you. You owe them an appreciation of thanks for the privilege of allowing you to serve Jesus Christ by serving them. That lady and her entire family eventually got saved. And I still remember she'd show me that tract. She said, I remember the day you handed me this. I said, ma'am, I want you to know something. It was my dad's heart that did this, but I want it to be mine too. I wanna be the one who's willing to serve, even if there's no appreciation. Oh, be careful. We get selfish. We get self-focused. You want real joy? It cannot be focused on circumstances, and it can't be where we don't serve. The greatest among you will be the servant of all. I love something my wife does. Periodically, she'll say, who can we serve? Who can we do something for that nobody cares about? Not something that gets you a claim on a platform, not something that somebody's going to give you a plaque for or a thank you, but just something we can do to help others. Boy, you want real joy. It comes in serving. The most miserable people I know on planet Earth are selfish people. Doesn't matter what they get, it's never enough. Doesn't matter what they have, they should have gotten more. They just live for self. Christians can fall into that. That's why in Romans it says, do not be conformed to this world. That's how the world lives, me and mine. What do you do for others? And what are you teaching your children to do for others? Wow, I'll never forget my dad and that farmer, how that changed my life. Now, I got to confess, when we were out there in the middle of the night planting and harvesting and battling all of the machinery breakdowns and everything that comes with farming, I kept thinking, boy, I wonder if these people appreciate this. Then my dad would say, you stop thinking that way. You're doing this for the Lord. This is so we can serve them. We need to thank them for the privilege of serving. My dad changed my life. Mom, dad, are you teaching the kids to serve with joy? Pastor, are you leading your people in serving with joy? Remember, the greatest message you'll ever preach is watching people while you go through tough times serving others. Wow. A pastor friend of mine had an unusual opportunity. Uh, His church in Dayton, Ohio had the privilege to buy a truckload of toilet paper of all things. Who'd have ever thought that toilet paper in America during this pandemic would be something to be desired? But he bought a whole truckload of, of toilet paper. Then they took the toilet paper and sanitized it all. They sprayed on the outside of it and they put a gospel tract in each one of the toilet rolls and they set the toilet rolls out on all of the, church, all of the homes around them. They went and they, they took it and set it down, a gospel tract, and then in the tract it said, if we can serve you, please let us do something. Everybody took that toilet paper in. Nobody threw that away. And everybody read that tract. Suddenly, people were calling saying, We never had somebody say this before. We never had somebody say, what can we do to serve and help you? And please let us share the gospel with you. Remember, you're not governed by circumstances. And number two, you gotta serve. Write the third key down. Number one, circumstances don't control us. We gotta be willing to sacrifice. And then comes number three, the key. You gotta be willing to testify about Jesus Christ. Note what he says here, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I've received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Every Christian has a testimony ministry. Every Christian is commanded of God to be a witness. You want to have joy, get your eyes off of circumstances because they can't govern it. Number two, start serving. And number three, oh, start witnessing. You say, well, witnessing is not my thing. No, 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 witnessing is every Christian's thing. Doesn't matter whether you're an adult or a child. When it says, go ye into all the world and preach, that was not just directed to full-time Christian workers. That was directed to every child of God. We all have the duty to share and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, Brother Gibbs, if I get the opportunity to do it, maybe I'll do it. No, no, no. If you're just waiting for opportunity to knock on your door, it won't happen often. When's the last time you knocked on the door and said, Jesus, I want to witness, show me how? Show me what I can do. Show me who I can reach. People are calling me saying right now during these stay at home orders and everything, what can we do to witness? Well, I know people that are calling their relatives. There's not a person listening to this that doesn't have unsaved relatives who you can call on the phone and share the gospel. Unsaved neighbors, unsaved friends who you can call. Right now, everybody is soul soul careful, S-O-U-L, not S-O-L-E, because they're worried about dying with this pandemic. This is one of the greatest opportunities to witness that has ever, ever existed. And you with that phone can make a difference. A pastor friend of mine, his mother was dying. She only had a few weeks or months to live. She was in Florida, in Jacksonville, And she'd always been a great witness, and she said, I I don't know what to do now. I'm I'm at home, I'm so sick, I can't get out. But she told her son, she said, could you get me the least expensive phone line? Could, Could you just get that phone line so that I could call people and witness to them? She said, what I'd like to do is have that phone, just for local calls. And she said, I'll start through the phone book. And he said, Brother Gibbs, I did it for my mother, thinking, well, if it helps her, if it makes her feel good, we'll do it. And if I recall right, the phone only cost like 4 or $5 a month then. And she started calling people in the phone book. And she said, listen, you don't know me, I'm dying. Here's my name, this is where I live. But I'm just calling people to share the most important thing in my life. Could I talk to you for just a couple of minutes? Amazingly, 90 plus percent of the people she called, not knowing them, them not knowing her, said, I wanna hear what you got to say. She said, these could be my last words, this could be my last day, and I just wanna share something with you. And she stayed diligent at making those calls from her sickbed. She went home shortly to be with the Lord, but if I recall right, before she went home to be with Jesus, she prayed with over 200 and some people to have them trust Christ. From her sickbed, this great lady, the testimony is everybody's ministry, everybody. I remember we were staying in a motel for a trial once and it was up in the northern climates. Uh, we were in the Dakotas and this hotel had a, a covered atrium Uh, a huge indoor and our motel room had a little balcony that went out into this atrium where you could sit on it and you were undercover but out of your room. And my son Matthew was just a young man at that point, he's a pastor now, but Matthew and his friend, while we were out of the room, uh, they were there on that atrium and they were playing and talking with each other. And unbeknownst to us, they were setting up for a party that was gonna take place in that atrium and right under the balcony to our room, they set up this huge ice sculpture and punch bowl and started pouring alcohol and everything. And our son and his friend, they're sitting on the balcony, one floor up, looking down on it. And pretty soon some people came up and started drinking. And they're drinking away down there, getting drunken. our kids are sitting looking at them. And finally, one of the men that was drinking looked up at my boy and he said, what do you think of all of this? And my son said, I think you're making a bad mistake. He said, good people don't drink that. He said, that stuff can kill you. He said, that stuff can send you where you don't ever want to go. And I'll just bet you don't know Jesus as your savior. I'll bet you, you know better than to do this. That man said, what in the world, son? Where'd you get all of this? Matt said, you wait right here. I know that my mom and her person here has some gospel tracts. I'll get you one and hand it down to you. Well, he ran back and got some tracts, and pretty soon a half a dozen or more people came up and said, Show us what you're handing down. And he's handing out those gospel tracts. We came back in the room and we said, Boys, what are you doing? What are you doing? I love what Matt said. He said, Dad, there's people down there that don't know Christ, and we're just handing out gospel tracts to them. I walked up and looked down there. That man that started it all, he said, I don't know what to do with your boy, but he said, I'm really uncomfortable drinking this now. I said, I wonder if we could talk to you. And we had the privilege to go down and reach that man for Christ, a child handing out a gospel tract. With a kind word, the boys were never disrespectful. They were never unkind, but they were caring. I promise you, This world needs to hear about Jesus Christ. You have a testimony ministry. Be sure that circumstances don't govern you, no matter what they are. Number two, be positive that you take opportunity to serve. The greatest among you is the servant of all. And number three, don't you lose your testimony ministry. I don't know what the future holds, neither do you, but I know the one who holds the future. And right now, we have the privilege, we have the opportunity of reaching for Jesus Christ as never before. A pastor friend of mine, Scott Pauley, uh, gave an interesting story that touched my life, and I wanna close with this. There was a man by the name of Frank Pasteur who pitched for the Cincinnati Reds when they were a powerful baseball team. If you're not a baseball fan, the Cincinnati Reds at one day were one of the dynasties in baseball. Uh, they were called the Big Red Machine. Uh, they had Joe Morgan, Johnny Benz, Pete Rose, all these great baseball players. But one of their pitchers who was a little bit unknown was Frank Pastore. Well, Frank Pastor wrote a biography called Shattered and it's the story of what God did in his life. It's an interesting book, it's a great read. Frank Pastor said my goal was just to live the good life. He tells an interesting story. He said every year when we'd go out uh, to do spring training in Arizona, we'd travel through Amarillo, and if you've ever been on Interstate 40 across Amarillo, you know that 40, 50 miles or more out of town They start signs that say Free Steak at the Great Texan, Free Steak, it's about every 10 miles they give you a sign. And if you go to the Great Texan, the Big Texan restaurant, uh, here's the deal. They offer you a steak dinner, a 72 ounce steak dinner. Now get this, you gotta eat a 72 ounce steak, a shrimp cocktail, a large side salad and a big roll And if you do that in 30 minutes, you get it for free. Otherwise, you have to pay $100." He said, well, one day he wanted to try it. My wife and I stopped at the Big Texan just to see this thing. This steak they want you to eat is humongous. It's like that thick, I mean, it's a roast, but you have to eat it alone and do it in 30 minutes. We didn't even try. Well, the first time Frank Pastor tried it, he did it in 29 minutes. Then he tried it again in another year, and he got it down to 20 minutes. Then, if you can imagine, finally, he got it down where he ate a 72-ounce steak, a shrimp cocktail, a roll, and a salad in nine minutes. And he got his name on the wall as being the king of that steak-eating contest. Wow. Well, when he was done with pitching, his life unraveled and pretty soon he was in catastrophe. And Frank Pastor said, I want you to understand, and I'm gonna paraphrase here, but I want you to look carefully at what he said. He said, my life came undone, and I was so upset. How could God be letting these things happen to me? He said, then I learned this great lesson. God didn't want me just to be happy with the whole the pieces. I had peace with the pieces and that changed everything. Frank Pastor died, went home to be with the Lord at age 55, but he said, by the grace of God I've learned it's not the end that makes all of the difference, it's the pieces that make the difference. Be sure you're at peace, real joy, with each piece of what God has for you. Paul said, I want to finish my course with joy, that which changes everything. But you got to get your eyes off of the circumstances. Oh, I promise you, the devil's going to throw circumstances your way. He's the roaring lion seeking who he can devour. But circumstances, that only produces happiness. Remember, happiness comes from happenstance. Real joy comes from God. My circumstances, whether they're good or bad, and boy, I hope you have a lot of good circumstances, but that doesn't control joy. Number two, by the grace of God, I'm gonna serve, because that's where joy is. Paul said, I'm not gonna count my life, dear. What matters to me is me serving you. My joy is in real greatness, and that is in serving people. And then the last thing is, be sure you have a great gospel witness for you, for your family, for your church. This is the hour when America and the world needs to hear the gospel as never before. I'm sure you've seen the numbers of what's happening with the pandemic. Do you realize? Most of the people perishing with this pandemic do not know Jesus Christ as their savior. That means these precious people who God loves and gave his son for never got somebody to reach them with the good news of Jesus Christ. And when they perish, it's to an eternity of judgment. Oh, my friend, how can we not be a great witness now How can we not make the difference? Don't just finish on the right side. Finish on the bright side. Finish your life with joy. True joy. Well, Brother Gibbs, I'll do the best I can. Let me close by reminding you of this. You can't produce joy. Only God can. The devil's going to witness in your heart and say, come on, try harder, try harder. Do better, do better. No, no, no. Walk in the Spirit, the Bible says in Galatians 5, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You gotta be in your Bible. You gotta be in prayer. You gotta say, God, I can't produce this, but you've promised to produce it by your Spirit through me. I want your joy. I sure need it in my life. I promise you, you need it in yours. These days now are flying by, and our opportunity to really stand for Christ have never been better. As I said, I believe these are the most exciting hours to be a Christian that have ever existed in the entire history of our country. More exciting even than when we did our founding, because now we have the privilege of showing the world what Christ can do. Don't let anything destroy your joy. Not circumstances. Be a servant and be a faithful witness of Jesus Christ. God bless you, my friend. I'm praying for your joy. Pray for mine.